welcome to another episode of the Let's Sip podcast. This is the podcast where we pontificate on all things craft beer. I am Brandon E. Gaylor, your host. And I just want to start off the episode by once again thanking everybody who takes the time to listen. Whether this be your first episode, your last, or uh, just something you're experimenting with. I greatly appreciate the time you've taken to listen, uh, that you might have stumbled upon us, and uh, I hope we can provide any sort of value or entertainment for you on this particular day. Thank you to everybody who listens. Now today happens to be a great day to record a podcast focused on beer, because it is National Beer Day. Now, one thing about all these national holidays is I always kind of got a little persnickety about things because I thought a lot of these national such-and-such days were just things that the Internet invented to come up with memes or to have something to post on Facebook or on social media. So I always thought it was just kind of these arbitrary things so somebody can throw something up on a social media site. And surprisingly, I was not completely 100% wrong on that. According to Wikipedia, National Beer Day was first created in 2009 uh, when somebody started a Facebook page. Uh, This particular person being a one Justin Smith out of Richmond, Virginia. So it was kind of picked up by the press a little bit. They ran with it. Untapped started giving people uh, badges. If you know anything about Untapped, it is a uh, website and a social media app where you can keep track of all the different beers you drink. Uh, if you like to try different beers, and if you're a beer enthusiast and a craft beer enthusiast, if you are not a member of Untapped, I do highly recommend it. Um, comes in later. Uh, comes in handy later on this particular very episode, exact, uh, in fact. And uh, it's a great way to go back and kind of revisit what you've enjoyed drinking. So as far as social media apps and things like that, I believe it does stand apart, uh, especially fulfilling the particular niche of craft beer enthusiasts. And that is by no means sponsored content or promoted content. Those are just facts. But National Beer Day does have uh, some particular history uh, behind it, so that's a plus. It marks the day that the Cullison-Harrison Act went to in effect, or went into effect. Um, the Cullison-Harrison Her- Act was signed by FDR Franklin D. Roosevelt on March 22nd. Uh, 1933 and the Cullen Harrison Act stated that beer which can beer and wine which contained up to 3.2 percent alcohol by weight uh, could actually be sold because it was considered too low to cause intoxication and this later led to the 18th amendment being repealed later on December of the same year 
but the Culleton Harrison Act actually went into effect on April 7th. Uh, apparently, April 6th is known as New Beer's Eve, but uh, on April 6th and the night before the Culleton Harrison Act went into effect, people actually uh, responded by gathering outside breweries, um, hanging out the night before. And apparently on that first day, since the act went into effect, 1.5 million barrels of beer were consumed. This all according to Wikipedia. So National Beer Day does actually have some roots in history. So at least we have that. But um, a lot of these particular uh, national holidays apparently do have some there is some uh, truth to the fact that a lot of it just kind of flares up over social media. Uh, and for beer fans like ourselves, uh, we don't really need a National Beer Day because every day is National Beer Day. Now this is a concept I have not yet discussed on the podcast, which surprised me a little bit only because I do tend to discuss this uh, anytime I'm talking to somebody in person, and it's usually uh, around a pint of beer. But I have this notion that there is such a thing called a gateway beer. This means that at some point, uh, everybody kind of started off uh, with their first idea of what a beer might be. Um, perhaps many were lucky enough to... Uh, get their first taste or first idea of what beer could be from parents that, you know, maybe had some more imported beer or did enjoy craft beer or something with a little more taste, a little more hop back in the day. But for a lot of people, the first taste of beer would have to be something like a macro lager or a light beer. I know that's what my first very small taste of beer was when I was a child. And that's kind of what I grew up drinking when I first turned 21. You know, it was all Miller Lite and Bud Light. But that all changed for me over the particular recreational sport of bowling. I guess it wasn't entirely recreational. At one point, I was on three different bowling leagues and bowling three nights a week. It cost me decent amount of money every week to bowl all that much and um, I was trying to get better um, skill wise but at the same time I did definitely like to have my fair share of drinks when I could and um, I was used to buying my 12 ounce bottle of Miller Lite or Bud Light I think at the time I was more of a Miller Lite fan if I could recall correctly um, that's a very dark period of my life when I was drinking a lot of macro beer, so I try to block it out as much as possible. I'm joking, of course. But I was paying 4 or $5 for a 12-ounce bottle of beer. And the bowling alley happened to start running a special that they had pints of Bass Ale for $3 a pint. Now, of course, I could do the math and get four additional ounces of beer for less um, than I was paying for this bottle of beer for this 12 ounce bottle and uh, you know 
what could go wrong? I figured for three dollars, I might as well at least give the beer a try, see what I think. So I did, and it didn't taste like beer or like what I would expect beer to taste like. I drank my fair share of Budweiser, which had a little bit more flavor, but up until that point, probably the most flavorful beer I was consuming um, periodically was probably a Heineken. But this didn't taste exactly like those. It had a lot more flavor. It was darker. But um, darker wasn't necessarily a bad thing. And the taste, um, I started getting used to a little bit. So for $3... I started drinking bass and then I started drinking a little more and I got used to having that flavor and that taste. And once that I started consuming a lot of bass, I just felt like I really couldn't go back to something, to a macro lager that had less flavor and less taste. And I, I have to admit I'm somewhat of a beer snob. Uh, anytime I can get a craft beer, I will definitely go that route. But uh, it's not a be-all, end-all. It's not a catch-all. I will still drink my fair share of macro beer, uh, depending the situation, the environment, and what's available. Um, sometimes when I see a really cheap, tall boy of PBR or old style, I have to grab one just to refresh my palate and for old time's sake. Um, for definitely talking macro lagers, I'd prefer one of those to the big guys like Buttermiller anyhow. But if there's an option and the situation calls for it, I'm always going to want to go with some good craft beer or something that has some good taste to it. After drinking Bass, I just really didn't want to go back anytime I had the option. That kind of got me into exploring like 312. Once I got a bottle of 312, I found that to be delicious. And that's when I started experimenting with things like Dogfish Head and those different options. Once I just got a taste for something a little more flavorful, a little darker, my world was changed. So I would consider Bass Pale Ale to be my gateway beer. It's what kind of turned me on to what beer could be and the different beer options out there. And it's... Uh, made me what I am today as far as a craft beer connoisseur and uh, what my passion and love for craft beer is. I believe many people have a similar story to this or um, at least the first time that they tried a craft beer or something to that effect. Um, Perhaps people just, a lot of people just started, their first beer was a particular craft beer. So that would be an interesting story to tell. But um, I definitely think for those of us that were converts, or those of us who originally started in the world where we only knew beer to be macro lager beer, uh, I definitely believe there is a turning point. And uh, usually that turning point involves some sort of particular beer that changed your mind, opened your eyes, and uh, might have just changed your world. But that's my story. Uh, I'm curious what yours may be. Now today I want to talk a little bit about Buckle Down Brewing. They are a brewery out of Lyons, Illinois. 
Uh, it's relatively close to the city of Chicago. It's about 13 miles outside of uh, the central downtown magnificent mile area of the city. Uh, if you want to get a little more technical or a little more exact, it is about uh, seven miles away from Chicago's Midway Airport, which sits on the south side of Chicago. Now, for some reason, I thought Lyons was a little bit further away than that. Uh, Lyons spelled L-Y-O-N-S. Um, but apparently it's relatively close to the city. And there is a train line that puts me very close to the brewery. So now I really have no excuse to uh, hit up Buckle Down's tap room as soon as I possibly can. And uh, I will definitely do that since I've never been. Um, my first taste of Buckle Down would probably have to be uh, one of their canned offerings, the Belt and Suspenders IPA. And I had to go back to my untapped because uh, whether it's just a combination of time moving too quickly or me getting older, probably me getting older more so than anything else, time just seems to be moving really, really fast. And... Uh, Everything always seems to uh, have happened much further, much longer ago than I initially realized. So I had to uh, reference my Untapped. Uh, one thing I do love about Untapped, um, social platforms aren't always my jam just for constant activity and you know being nosy and seeing what everybody's up to. But uh, with Untapped, it is a great reference point for me to go back, revisit when I first had beers, things like that. It's a treasure trove of good information if you want to go back and reference something. So I really had to check to see when was the first time that I had had a buckled down beer. And I was shocked that it's we're approaching probably the uh, five year anniversary of probably the first time I've had a buckled down beer was in May of 2014. So uh, buckled down has been around quite a while now and um, this latest beer definitely proves why. Um, but with that first Belt and Suspenders, I remember it being a quality, nicely balanced IPA that fit in well with the uh, the IPAs that the Chicago scene had to offer. Um, as far as quality and an easy drinking IPA, I had first noted on Untapped that it was uh, somewhat dangerously easy to drink for a seven percent IBA or an IPA. Um, so it definitely fit into, uh, it fit the, the tradition of, uh, easy drinking IPAs. Their other canned offering was the Painted Turtle, which they call an extra pale ale. I remember that being pretty solid as well, but Belt and Suspenders, I think, uh, rang my bell a little bit more so. I remember a couple years ago when I first got to try one of their clencher double IPAs and uh, that was a big hop monster as well. I believe the first one in the series had a couple of different hops in it but then they started branching out and doing a single hop. I know they had the citra clencher uh, and the citra clencher proved to be extraordinarily delicious as well especially for those who love the citra hop citra hop is definitely the showcase of that beer 
And now the latest find is one of the, or the newest in the edition of the Clencher Double IPAs. Uh, this one is called the Clencher One. And uh, here we've got an extraordinary mix of hops. The can states that there is Cryo Eucanot, Simcoe, Strata, and Cryo Laurel hops. And uh, this combination of hops creates quite a mouthful. It has a little bit of the tropical fruity notes that you would find in more of a hazy style IPA. Uh, but it is balanced enough with the malty sweetness and the uh, higher alcohol content at an 8.7% uh, to give it that classic double IPA feel. So it's not super, super juicy enough, but it does play a little bit in the juicy category. Um, there's definitely haze uh, from both the um, frequent... Uh, or the plentiful dry hopping that went on in the production of this beer. And there's also some oats added to uh, add to that hazy style. So this is kind of a nice balance between an hazy IPA and a classic double IPA. Um, it isn't overly bitter. Like I don't feel like I'm kind of chewing on it. I'm not smacking my mouth together with all of that bitterness. Uh, don't have an IBU reading on the can, and I don't believe I saw one on Untapped. Um, and their website just doesn't have any information about the particular series or the individual uh, releases of Clencher. They just have it under the category of Clencher. So, but it doesn't appear to be overly bitter to the taste. So, um, it's very good. It's really, really easy to drink. It does take your mouth a little bit to get used to that big explosion of hop character. Uh, I'm drinking this one fresh off. I did try uh, the first can I had a few nights ago, but this was after a few other beers, so my palate wasn't clean and reset, so uh, it wasn't a fresh taste or a, uh, so to speak. So this is my first chance at getting a fresh try of the beer. At first, it's kind of a hop explosion, but it does become, uh, you get used to it really quickly, and it really is smooth to drink. So this is the marriage of the best of both worlds. It's the easy drink, uh, somewhat low bitterness of a hazy IPA, uh, but the, the smack of alcohol and the uh, high hoppiness of a double uh, makes for a really, really, really tasty beer. And I found with my couple explorations of laurel hops earlier this year that yeah, can tend to kind of overwhelm a uh, very interesting hop. Stone had done a lot with it uh, earlier this year. And um, that lemony, interesting taste was kind of um, hard to adjust to. But here it blends really nicely in with the other hops. It doesn't overpower the rest of the hop profile. So it kind of stays in its lane, plays its position. Uh, and that's something uh, I'm kind of enjoying. It's nice to see that this particular hop, as interesting as its taste profile is and as unique it is, it's not going to be overbearing when it's used with other hops. So that's great to see 
And uh, it gives me hope to see what else they can do with Laurel Hops going forward if they combine them with uh, other hops in the profile. And when I was living in the city of Chicago, it was always nice to see Buckle Down pop up on a tap handle every now and then. I think at one point they had an Irish-style dry stout that they had released that I uh, had on tap somewhere that was really good. Uh, so anytime Buckle Down comes out with something unique that I hadn't seen before, it's always worth it to give them a try. And um, this latest can offering, the Cluncher One, is absolutely no exception. Uh, I found it at a local grocery store, so it wasn't even really me like I had to uh, set out to a uh, liquor store or any place special to find it. It was just at the local grocery store, so I definitely... Uh, Unfortunately, they did. Well, fortunately for me, unfortunately for the store, they had put the cans in the mix of six, which really didn't make sense. They had a six pack of beer priced at about $13, but then they went and put cans of it in the mix of six. So that was kind of my gain. It allowed me to grab two of uh, this double IPA in with my six pack, and I could have actually gotten all six. Uh, of these for ten dollars as opposed to the thirteen, but uh, I just wanted a couple to give it a try. I'm glad I happened to venture over to the department just to see what they had, and it was relatively fresh as well. So um, that's always sometimes an anomaly depending on where you go, and it's always great if you're looking for something special or something you haven't seen before. You can grab a couple cans, and uh, you know you'll have a fresh product. But given what I've experienced from Buckle Down and getting the chance to try one of their latest offerings anew again, um, I'm quite reminded that they make some really delicious beer and that um, it's a big affront on my part that I have not yet made it out to their brewery. And that is certain to change in the very near future here, I believe. I'll have to see if I can set up a trip maybe in the next couple weeks. But uh, this Cluncher 1 Double IPA is a welcome addition to the Cluncher series of beers. It's uh, another example of a quality offering from Buckle Down. Oh, one side note that I almost failed, to, forgot to mention was, uh, man, there is a lot, a lot of yeast in these cans. That, that would be, I don't mind it so much. I don't really bother... Uh, saving the bottom just in case there's yeast in there. I just dump it all in the glass and just drink it all down. But man, there was a lot of yeast floaties. Uh, I remember when I shared a can a few nights ago, uh, the uh, brewer that I had shared it with mentioned that there was a lot of yeast in that he uh, noticed as well. I hadn't noticed it at that point, but uh, definitely sitting here drinking, I was watching them floaties and Man, there was a lot of yeast in this can, but uh, that doesn't bother you. It's just going to add to the taste. Otherwise, you may just want to look out for that. Maybe not pour out all the can, leave a little bit, a tiny bit at the bottom, save all that yeast in there. But otherwise, this is an excellent beer. Uh, if you're looking for a little bit of haze, but you want that higher alcohol content and uh, an equal mix of throwback to a classic style of a double IPA, Look for Clencher 1 from Buckle Down.
uh, hit up your local liquor store. And if uh, you're close to the city of Chicago, definitely keep your eye out for this particular beer. Next time you're out drinking, we're out shopping. That will do it for this episode of the Let's Sip podcast. I'm your host, Brandon E. Gaylor. Podcast theme music composed by Brandon E. Gaylor. Special thanks to Anchor.fm for hosting the podcast. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Let's Sip Podcast. Thank you very much for sipping with us, and we'll drink with you again next time. Bye-bye.